Welcome to Today on Broadway for Halloween, Monday, October 31st, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steve. Spooky. Very spooky. spooky. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Ooh. Do, you, are you, do you have a costume? Um, an introverted recluse. So, so you're normal. My, my skin. Yeah. Yes. I don't, yeah. I could not tell you when the last time that I dressed up for Halloween was. I get, I mean, I. I guess maybe college. Like I remember having a Superman costume in college. Mm, um, yeah. I usually I just like it. do kind of the vague stuff and use it as a literal outfit to go out and drink in more often than not, as opposed to let me put together my grandest costume. But I went to the Ren Fair a few weeks ago, so that oh, essentially, that, yeah. yeah, so that essentially served as my Halloween because I had to get costumey for that obviously were you a kitchen wench yeah always I mean, <laughs> you are, and, al- you are and also i dressed up for the run fair yeah <laughs> very good yeah. Um, all right well sending you into this spooky of all holidays we had a couple episodes drop in the podcast feed over the weekend uh first up jan simpson's latest episode of stagecraft in which she interviewed playwright joseph doherty the writer of chester bailey which was recently extended at the irish rep starring mm. the father and son team of reed and ephraim bernie yeah. so fun fun things there and then on this week on broadway it was james michael and jenna tessa fox joining in to talk about top dog underdog walking with ghosts raising in the sun at the public theater and many many other things man of no importance at classic stage 1776 so many different things so listen to those we will have i think three different episodes dropping in various podcast feeds currently jan's Stagecraft is only in Patreon, but coming up later today on Monday, it'll be in the regular feed, and then my two interviews will be um, in the podcast feed. My first, as we teased last week and many people got, I interviewed the great Rupert Holmes, Tony Award winner. That'll be in the feed. And I also interviewed, and I think you probably know who this person is, I would imagine, actually, Mm. Paul Salcini. Do you know who Paul is? I I don't think so, but maybe... (laughs) (laughs) Paul is the founder and the original editor of the Sondheim Review, which was... Oh, you know, the thing I have every issue. Yes. He he was the editor of it for the first 10 years and then stopped in the mid-2000s. But he has a a new book out um, about his working with Sondheim throughout the time of the Sondheim Review with a lot of great stuff. So we talked about that last week. So those two episodes will both be in the podcast feed in the coming days. All right, let's get into the news, Ashley. And as promised on Friday's episode, we are going to get into the reviews for the Broadway production of Walking with Ghosts, which is the one-man show by Gabriel Byrne, actually based on his own memoir, his book. Um, It was directed by Lonnie Price. You might be familiar with him. him. Speaking of uh, Sondheim-related things. Godless Sondheimites, yeah. Yes. Um, So the show is now open and is playing at the Music Box Theater through December 30th. Looking through the reviews, they were decidedly mixed. Mixed. Yeah, very. Mixed is might be a little generous. Um, looking at review aggregator site, did they like it? They have a collection of 10 reviews currently in their roundup. One was positive, four was mixed, and five were negative. I'll just run through some of the highlights here. Or lowlights, depending on which ones. Um, Alexis Soloski, writing for the New York Times, was negative. She said, quote, What the show lacks, and this is true of the memoir as well, is a sense of why he's examining his life now. 
in public. Correct. Why would a man lay himself bare like this on Broadway? It's hard to discern because the show all but ignores the latter part of his life and acting career. Walking with Ghosts never provides satisfying answers, even as it keeps the focus relentlessly on Byrne with little to distract from his performance. Um, Marilyn Stasio, uh, conversely, writing for Variety, was positive and said, quote, yes, despite the abundance of other projects, this polished but informal program, unobtrusively directed by Lonnie Price, of personal anecdotes, private memories, and rueful reflections of his life seems special. Mm-hmm. Um, going over to Brittany Samuel writing for Broadway News, she was negative and said, quote, one person, one person shows actually have two jobs. The first is to tell a captivating story. The second is to make a case for why only one person is needed to tell that story. In Walking with Ghosts, Gabriel Byrne, an indelible actor of stage and screen, tries his hand at both to no avail. Um, we will have a link to both the Did They Like It and Broadway World Review roundups if you want to read more of these or other reviews. But actually, <laughs> yeah. you you saw yeah. it, so I figured yeah. rather than telling you a bunch of things that other people wrote, we would let you give the folks your perspective <laughs> directly. I re- weirdly agree with both the positive and the negative review. Like, I'm very mixed as well, even though I enjoy it. Enjoyed it a lot. Um, I have to say, I think it's hard to do a solo show when you're well known, and that's not a oh poor famous person thing, but it kind of is because uh-huh. you have to yeah. meet those expectations of your image. You also have to you have the expectations to make it exceptional because you make a lot of money and have a massive career. So it's kind of like there's this self battle when it comes to the final product, and it's often a losing one. Um, I've seen two solo shows in the past couple of weeks from well-knowns though very different shows the first was melissa etheridge's and the second was this um i think they both ended up having very similar issues and that's depth versus breadth this was two hours and change i think it was two hours 10 plus intermission or with intermission um from what i gather because i haven't read it and i think you said it in alexis's review it sticks to the script of the memoir so i have to assume there's no further depth than what he goes into on the stage structurally it's a series of vignettes of different parts of his life it does get fairly into his acting career but i would say the early days like it's definitely not up to the minute kind of a show i actually didn't mind the structure uh, People um, seem to have problems with it. I think they also felt that Lonnie's direction was sparse. It was. I think it served it well because uh, Gabriel Byrne is pretty unimposing. I would say he's dressed undistractedly. He There's not a lot of set to work with. And it's really just him up there telling stories and filling everybody in on his life for two hours. I feel like everything around him from the direction to the design supported that. So I don't really have any problem. Um, I think of the, a lot of the stories ended up feeling pretty typical to what you'd expect, but I think he goes at them with gusto, even if I feel like almost all of them could have had gone deeper. I also think that the first half was much stronger than the second one. Um, and the ending especially needs work. He ends on a pretty melancholy vignette discussing the death of his parents, which thematically fine, cause it's, it's a pretty melancholy show, um, but he never really tied up those loose threads. That was one of the most consistent problems throughout the show. I was always waiting for the final punch or the reckoning or a deeper understanding, which Solosky said in her review that this idea of why you're talking about this now, it always kind of felt like 
he there's a lot of grief in this show and it felt like he put a stopper in where I wanted these greater connecting links um there's a lot of implied grief in there obviously just from the title of the show and he's 72 years old I think now and he's confronting his past no really way. for the first time I think so I think 72 my I know Lord. I, that's crazy right crazy. yeah crazy so he's confronting his past and really for the first time other than his memoir that he already did which this is based on um but i never really got a sense of what it means to him now i will say though because i really enjoyed the show and i don't necessarily agree with everything the reviews had to say i didn't have any attention attachment to gabriel byrne going in other than i've liked his previous work um i can also listen to anyone with an irish accent talk for any amount of time (laughs) yeah and be enthralled i think he's a beautiful storyteller he's Mm. got this talent for blending this approachable, naturally funny, um, as I said, not imposing nature and very, very Irish sensibility. The whole show is very Irish. I went with my partner who's Irish um, American and just we had like shared this sigh at the end. It was just like, well, you can't get any more Irish than that. Um, but blending all of that with this, these very eloquent turns of phrase, these very delicate word choices. And I felt really hypnotized by it all. Um, Historically, I found that kind of impossible by these kind of celebrity vanity projects. I've never once found this self-indulgent, though. And I think maybe that's the problem, is that I felt exactly the opposite with it. It never really indulged in itself. He never really indulged with it on a deeper meaning. Um, But regardless, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad he's gotten to the point where he feels like he's ready to share these things and reflect back on it. I was happy to have seen it. I still am. I think it was much, much, much better reviewed across the pond, which I think has a lot to say with American audiences versus Irish slash UK audiences. So interested by that. But I, I think it's a good show. I think there's good bones there. And I just wish he went a bit deeper. Yeah, that seems fair. All right, let's get into a few little bits of news here. And to paraphrase a well-known quote. Oh, boy. John M. Chu is so preoccupied with whether he could, he didn't stop to think if he should. And this, of course, is related to a report from Variety that John M. Chu, the director of the upcoming Wicked Movies, plural, Mm. is apparently in final talks to cast Jeff Goldblum as the wizard. He would be joining Ariana Grande, Cynthia Erivo, and Jonathan Bailey. I mean... Yeah? Jeff Goldblum is a choice. He is a smarmy choice, (laughs) which in the best possible way... Smarmy is the best word. Yeah, I feel that's the best possible word for this. But it fits with who the wizard is. So I'm not against this. I like Jeff Goldblum. I I don't think he's a bad person. Uh, He's just a strange choice. He's a strange individual who has made some strange and maybe not great choices, but... Hey, we'll we'll see. I this isn't officially gone through, right? Yeah, it was still in rumors. No, but if, I mean, but if it's it's, it's being reported. It, yeah, of course. If, yeah, if a trade's reporting it. Chances are pretty good. It, it's very true. Yeah, yeah. I was really. I had I had hoped that somebody like Andre De Shields might have played that part. I thought that, that would have been so nice. just because of like his connection to the Wiz and like. You know, that would have been cool, but I guess. And he's the opposite. He's not smarmy at all. He's just cool as hell. Yeah. So collected. 
I mean, Goldblum has some cool to him as well, but yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah. strange. Not the, not <laughs> strange. who I would thought they would have gone yeah. with. But anyway, all right. Um, in other uh, news that I wanted to get out there, last week it was announced by Disney Plus that the upcoming concert production of Encanto that'll be happening at the Hollywood Bowl will be streamed by Disney Plus beginning on December twenty eighth. They will be filming the concert with the original film cast that will um, include folks like uh, Stephanie Beatrix, mm-hmm. Diane Guerrero, Olga Moretes, and uh, Linda Miranda, who obviously composed the songs for the film will also be involved so another musical musical related uh thing that'll be happening on disney plus which is always fun to have in the repertoire all right let's run through this week's theatrical schedule and it is a lot so we're going to go through things fairly quickly if you want more information i will have links to all of these things in the show notes first up starting on tuesday november 1st the one week production of Jason Robert Brown's Parade for the New York City Center's annual gala will begin performances. It is running just through the 6th, which is this coming Sunday. Of course, it stars Ben Platt, as well as Michaela Diamond, is directed by Michael Arden, has a ton of other great names in the cast. Um, Stacey Bono, Max Charnin, Eddie Cooper, John Dossett, Manuel Falciano, um, Stephen Gurr, Sean Allen Krill, Aaron Mackey, uh, Gaten Matarazzo, Paul Alexander Nolan. Uh, just an unbelievable cast. Very excited to Pretty be. Good. Uh, I believe this is my second thing I'm seeing when I'm in town. Maybe. So excited about that. Yeah. Excited about that. Also happening on Tuesday, the first Broadway performance of the musical Some Like It Hot. Not the first mm-hmm. production of, of a musical. Yeah. About something like that, because we've had one of these already uh-huh. in Sugar. But uh-huh. the first production, or the first performance of Some Like It Hot, the musical, will happen at the Schubert Theater. It is going to open on December 1st. This, of course, is directed and choreographed by Casey Nicola and features a book by Matthew Lopez and Amber Ruffin and music and lyrics by Scott Whitman and uh, Mark Shaman. The cast is spectacular. We know this already. Um, Christian Borrell, Jay Harrison Gee, Adriana Hicks. Great cast. Excited about it. We shall see. Yeah, excited yeah. to see what happens. I don't. Uh, I'll wait. I'll wait to see if I. I don't know go. If, if excited is the well, word. I guess I'm excited to hear about yeah. it. Is the right way to say it. But sure, why not? <laughs> we'll see. Moving on. On Wednesday, November second, the first production or first performance of the Broadway run of the Neil Diamond musical A Beautiful Noise uh, will take place at the Broadhurst Theater. This one has an opening night set for December fourth, directed by Michael Mayer and Stephen Hoggett. This one stars Will Swenson as Neil Diamond then, like the guy who became a star, and Mark Jacoby as Neil Diamond now. Also in the cast is uh, Tony nominee Robin Herter. So we'll see. Sweet Caroline. Love <laughs> this, it. this episode is just titled, We'll See. We'll see. We'll see. Shrug, shrug emoji. Shrug, shrug emoji. Shruggy. Yep. Um, also happening um, on Wednesday the 2nd, we will have the opening night of the Roundabout Theater Company's off-Broadway production of Where the Mountain Meets the Sea. Then, turning the page to Thursday, November 3rd, we will have our next opening night on Broadway. And this will happen at the Bernard B. Jacobs Theater, where Almost Famous will mm-hmm. officially open. This one is directed by Jeremy Heron and is based on, I think, the you know, we can say iconic film by Cameron Crowe, who is also oh, involved yeah, in writing the book of this show and the lyrics along with Tom Kitt who also provided the music. Okay. The cast 
features Drew Galing, Anika Larson, Solea Pfeiffer, uh, Casey Likes, and Chris Wood, Chad Burris, Gerard Canonico, and many others. You know what I have to say to that? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Not my thing. Um, then on Friday, the biggest event of the entire theatrical week. Uh-huh. You know it. You're looking forward to it. I know, Ashley. I'm going to be in town. I get in Obviously, early. I yes. get in early on Friday morning. My flight leaves Orlando at 6.25 a.m. So I will be in town early, fairly early morning on Friday. I can't check into my hotel till like 4, so I don't know what the hell I'm going to oh, do. Jesus. Yeah. But I'll uh, yeah. set up shop in the lobby and, and, and work from there, I suppose. But turning the page to Sunday, we're just going to run through these fairly quickly. We have three off-Broadway openings. First up, Only Gold from MCC, My Broken Language from the Signature Theater, Mm -hmm. and then You Will Get Sick from the Roundabout Theater Company. Then, of course, we also have the aforementioned closing of Parade and the final Broadway performance of Cost of Living on Broadway, which I will be at. You will be sick. or uh, You will be sick? You will get sick? What is you, that? Will get, you will get sick. You, you will get sick. That's usually the subtitle for whenever you're in town for, for me. You. As yeah, my for you. immune system does not like your presence. No, clearly. it really doesn't. And but, have, you know. <laughs> we, we've, got, we've, we've got plans to see a show together. We'll so <laughs> if you're going to get sick, do it sooner rather than later so I can yeah, find I'm somebody trying. else. You know? yeah. No, so. how dare you? I just want my empty seat, ghost seat presence no. there. All right. It's a comp, so I mean, I guess it doesn't cost me anything. But anyway, um, real quick, let's run through the shows that I'm going to see because people tell me they like to know what I'm seeing when I'm in town. Okay. Um, I don't think I've done this yet, but if I have, oh, well, you get it twice. Um, okay, so starting off, I was right. Friday, um, November 4th, I will be seeing Only Gold at MCC just a few days before opening. Then on Saturday, I will be seeing Peerless at 59 59th from Primary Stages. Then Saturday night, I'll be seeing Parade. Sunday matinee, I'll be seeing the final uh, Broadway performance of Cost of Living. That night, I will be seeing A Raisin in the Sun at the Public Theater, which was going to be closing night, but they have since extended for two extra weeks. Mm-hmm. Then on Monday night, I am going over to the St. James Theater see into the woods mm-hmm. um tuesday afternoon slash morning you and i are going to go to the museum of broadway yes, and then do. tuesday night you're gonna bring me a coffee am i <laughs> yeah sure why not it's early okay so, yeah. um uh tuesday night and i think i have done this so i apologize anyway um 1776 oh, well. on uh election day then wednesday yeah, you and right. i are going to the matinee for top dog underdog that mm-hmm. night i am seeing the piano lesson at the barrymore then on Thursday, I'm heading down to Brooklyn to see Hedda Gabler from uh, the Bedlam Theater Company. And then Friday, I am seeing and Juliet. Nice. Fun, fun, fun uh, slate of shows there. It's pretty good. Yeah, not pretty bad. Pretty good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, got some other meetings with folks uh, set, in, uh, set up there to kind of do some business and also catch up with friends. So... Uh, gonna have a uh, a really good trip coming up, and uh, I will be sharing as much of it as I can with you here on Broadway Radio. Yes, indeed. All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No This Is Ashley. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Monday, a wonderful week, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. 